Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we'll be talking about Savage Worlds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty's physical shell. (laughs) And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about Savage Worlds' role-playing system. Apparently, Chris wants to run a new campaign with all of his newfound free time after episode 350. And there's a Pathfinder version. Is this all too good to be true? But first, as always, a thank you to our Pedro friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara went with Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gifted Games in Grace Lake. Huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Um, yes, if you haven't heard, 350 will be our last regular weekly episode. Um, so join our Discord because the community will continue there. Also join our BGA group because there's all kinds of games happening all the time. Um, and yeah, so if you want to know what's going on with us before during and after episode 350 that's the place to go um kitty baby update i hear there's news um both babies are home they came home last uh wednesday and thursday and um no one has slept since (laughs) excellent (laughs) yay the dad's in charge now they should be getting a bottle as we speak and by one of them is getting a bottle and then the other one gets a bottle because they're staggered but we're trying our best to keep everyone on mostly the same schedule. But yeah, twins, man. Well, I will speak for everyone when I say we appreciate you taking the time to come and hang out with us. Because, yeah. When you have more important it. things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, time is meaningless. And my life is an endless cycle of three-hour feeds, pretty much. So, um, yeah, it's nice to break up the monotony with something yeah. once in a while. Feed, feed, diaper, diaper, feed, feed, diaper, diaper, feed, feed, diaper, diaper. <laughs> we, we diaper then feed, but I, it's the same. It's yeah. it's diaper, feed, sleep, diaper, feed, sleep. It's, Eventually, they're going to uh, wake up, and that's going to be harder. So I was going to, because this weekend, we didn't really have anything going on. I'm like, huh, we could go over to Kitty and Spencer's and just hang out for a little bit. And I'm like, hmm, no, I'm not even going to open that door. We're going to wait a month or two. <laughs> there is a lot of screaming here this weekend. There's Everyone's having a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah, two little kids competing with two newborn babies. And then and two newborn babies. And parents. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, that about yeah. sums up life right now. But yeah, it's, um, it's really nice to have them home. It's very exciting. Um, it's wild that we have two newborn babies, but... You know, all things considered, it could be going a lot worse. So we're happy. You could have three. <laughs> yes. So yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to meet them, um, but not excited enough to do that this week or next. Or <laughs> <laughs> not that excited. <laughs> but uh, sometime soon, when you are ready, you let me know, and we'll make our way over. Maybe I'll even coordinate with Fletcher, and he can ride with us. Um. Oh, yeah. Fancy. Once the doctor gives us the uh, go ahead to let them sleep through the night, if they will, that's going to be a game changer. But for now, they're one of them's still under six pounds, so you know they're they're bitty. Do you have to weigh them like on a daily basis? They were weighed every, every two weeks. They were weighed every day when they were in the NICU. We had to bring them in two days after they were discharged to our regular pediatrician, who is letting us go a whole week before we come back. He said they were looking really good. So um, hopefully they keep that up. Plump up, kids. That's the moral. Yeah. 
We just keep Each shoving them full of food. That's all we do. Is we yeah. shove them full of fortified breast milk. <laughs> Perfect. So wait, fortified. Are you mixing it? Is there like an extra formula that they're having you mix it with? Yes. I have that to measure teaspoons of formula per, like there's a recipe. It's really great to have to do math while you're sleep deprived and trying to make models. But <laughs> luckily you can pre-mix it up to 24 hours in advance. So I try to do it when I'm at my most awake and then divvy it into bottles. So in the middle of the night, I just have to throw them in the warmer. That sounds like I I don't miss it. I never did it with two, with two. but yeah, um, I I just all I can say is I want to make fun of you, and it doesn't stop me from making a little bit of fun of you. But I'm completely sympathetic with sympathetic sympath. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> you just pull a porky my de- pig. My devices yes. are making noises. Sorry. Sorry to everyone right. who just checked their phone because my <laughs> made noise. Ping. Oh, I don't have That's a text the message. problem sometimes with Apple devices is like they're so in sync with each other that um, well, I silence three out of four devices and one of them's like, aha, you forgot me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the worst is when you get a phone call and I'm standing in front of my computer and I have my iPad and oh my, my phone is right here and they're yes. all just like yelling at me like, you got a phone you call. Are, your phone like, is okay, ringing. okay. I got my watch is going. Yes. Um, when I would go to the NICU, it's like the first time that like Spencer has been home where like I'm out of the house during the day. So every time I got a phone call, my computer, iPad, and like anything else that I leave behind would ring and you'd be like, why don't you answer your phone? I'm like, no, it just keeps ringing for a little bit after I pick <laughs> up the phone. So it sounds longer than it is. Because so many times I pick up the phone and whoever is trying to call me is like, why is why is it so loud there? Because you called me. <laughs> Everything is yelling at me that you're calling me. <laughs> oh, tabletop Apple Talk. That's pretty common. Though. I want to get a new Apple Watch, but I don't know which one to get. So I haven't gotten a new Apple Watch. Um, yeah, we did some updates. Let's 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 do quick. Update. You did some updates. Did some, Don't give us credit. I did, that's true. <laughs> I did some updates to the Discord. Um, I'm trying to make it a little bit more, um, I don't want to say community friendly, but it's like the community mode of Discord. So I have a bunch of forum channels now that you can start topics in. So, you know, we have a conventions channel, a video games channel, role playing games channel, board game channel, obviously. Um, although we'd never, we didn't have a board game category before. Um, Christy pointed that out. <laughs> So the board game category. What is this? Some sort of board game podcast? I know. It's just like uh, we had a board game arena and then we had general, but everything else was like, yeah, everything was shoved under general. Um, Let's see. Arts and craft channels and stuff. So all kinds of fun channels. Uh, Basically, what I'm trying to do is make sure that the Discord is ready to sustain our awesome community, even if we're not doing a weekly episode. So that is what's going on there. So join, join the Discord, visit it, um, participate in it, all kinds of fun things. Um, Let's see. Fletcher, what have you been doing over the last week? Oh, man. I'm trying to remember. What did I do over the last week? We played a lot of Diablo. I played some Diablo. Yes. I played a lot of Diablo, and I felt like I was really busy last weekend, and I don't know why. It just goes so quickly. I just need, like, another day off. 
Yeah. I need I need three day week weekends every week is what I need. I need three day weeks, I think is what I prefer. <laughs> three day working weeks. Yep. I'd be totally fine with that. Um yeah, it always too. seems like and then Monday hits and I'm just like, Well, wait, what? It's Monday already? And then, you know, catching up with work and just like, All right, all right, all is good, everything's working, it's all good. So um all right, well let's talk about a game. And this will be the first time we've talked about a game since, I don't know, the last time we talked about a game. We talked about something. <laughs> wow. That's the kind of insight wow. you come to this podcast for. I mean, it's true. It's true. Let's see. Um, the milestones. I'm going backwards in time here. We talked about vampires, The Witcher, um, Avatar, a lot of IP talks in the last few episodes. Um, I cannot see the last time we talked about a game. For a while now. So. So there's a sound of one Chris thinking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Chris hasn't been wrong since the last time. True. (laughs) Um, Which was also a very long time ago, coincidentally. See what I did there? Um, Savage Worlds. This is a game that Kitty and I have actually played. Fletcher, I don't think you have ever played this game. This is the last game. I don't think so. We talked about the last time we talked about games was the one that me and Fletcher did by ourselves. <laughs> Chris hasn't talked about games in forever. I it's I mean they've always been a little bit tangential, but yeah, we have been focusing on a game. Now we don't rarely we rarely talk about a specific game. Um in this case, Savage Worlds is a role-playing game. Um, I think that we mentioned that in the opening. It is a universal role-playing system. And that is to say that the core book itself doesn't really have a setting. It has a rule set for how to create characters and combat and skills and all of these things. Is this like the D20 system? Um, it would be equivalent in a way to the D20 system. Uh, it, there's no classes. So the D20 system typically... And actually, D, the D20 system is more of a um, Dungeons & Dragons 3.x type of thing. Now it's more people relate Dungeons & Dragons to just the OGL, the Open Gaming License, um, which is now Creative Commons License. But where Dungeons & Dragons tends to stick, that system tends to stay in a fantasy setting. Um, there are future settings, modern settings... Um, I think uh, mystery settings, horror settings. There's like there's a ton of systems that use the Dungeons and Dragons system. Savage Worlds though right. doesn't. But, I mean, you would come up with your own classes and, and you know base all the rules on. I don't know. I don't know what to call it besides the D twenty system. Right. Yeah. 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 And and actually, there's a system that's based off of the D and D system D twenty OGL called Anime Five E, which is a point by system that. Also, I think you sent me a rule book for this. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, if you like Dungeons and Dragons and you like that system, but you want to have something that's more point by, um, check out Anime Five E. It's called Anime Five E, but it doesn't have to be anime. It's it really just kind of breaks down all of the classes. It's just the of artwork. And that's all. Yeah, the artwork's the anime part, but it breaks down all the classes into points, and then you can reconstruct them um, and you know build your own classes and your own very unique characters. But the way Savage Worlds works is it's all point by. And so there's stats. Uh, stats range from a D4 to a D12. You can actually go above D12, but you don't get more dice. It's just a plus one after each step there. Um, 
you're when you're rolling to do something, you're always trying to roll a four. So even on a D4, you have a 25% chance of succeeding. Um, it has exploding dice. So if you roll the maximum number on a die, you roll it again and add it together. So you can get like really high values for whatever. It is, there's skills that you're buying with points. And then there's edges. And edges are kind of like special abilities you can do. They're um, feats. They could be <laughs> like feats. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to say it. Um, it's like your D&D feats. <laughs> yeah. Um, now you do or also Pathfinder. have things. Or <laughs> Pathfinder feats. Um, now you also have things called powers, which are stronger than, they're still edges, but they're stronger than your typical edges and they require power points, um, which is kind of like a way to emulate magic or superhero stuff. Um, but because it's a generic system, you need a setting to apply everything to, to say, this is what's legal. This is what's not, this is what's available. This is what's not available. And that's where the system kind of like takes shape, right? The core rule book, you can read that. You can have a really good understanding of how everything works. But until you have the setting, you're like, okay, but what world am I in? How am I creating things? So I gave you guys homework. Um, I also sent you guys gifts. Uh, Fletcher, did you get your gift? I have not. It's in yeah. your, I have a picture of it sitting in your foyer right now. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, then I can go get it. I was, I was going <laughs> to. But I walked in and out multiple times and did not see anything. Well, hopefully uh, they delivered it as I speak to you now four hours ago. Okay. <laughs> so, um, That's but Kitty, you crazy, got yours yesterday. Because usually I get my stuff late. Yeah, but I got mine yesterday and I was very confused because you gave me homework and you sent me a Dropbox file and I thought that was it. And um, Spencer was like, yeah, you got an Amazon package. And I was like, that doesn't look like the pillow that I ordered. So um, <laughs> I opened it up and it was... This the, is a really crummy pillow. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a, a double baby pillow that you can like put both twins in. So it's supposed to be like, you know, like a double boppy pillow. I'm like, this is definitely not big enough for two twins. This is a terrible pillow. <laughs> Babies can't even use this. <laughs> is this a pillow for ants? Um... <laughs> But it was, in fact, the Savage Worlds Pathfinder book that Chris sent me. And I opened it up and I was like, oh, Chris is getting ready to run a game for real. And Spencer thought it was pretty funny. This is so. what I do. I, I say, I think that's how we went from Pathfinder to D&D 5e is at the start of a session. I'm like, okay, everyone. <laughs> Merry here's a Christmas player's handbook. is what I remember. <laughs> Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And you had wrapped them, actually. And you made us all We're sit all and doing open this them. Now. <laughs> yep. And then I said, here's your options. We can continue to play 3.5, which makes me dead inside. Or we can try this new <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Um, that now makes you dead inside. That, well, not necessarily. But you I am ready have for a change. Like, I, I would say like 18 months of any system in you until it makes you dead inside. And you can rotate through the same ones, but you, you get sick of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get, I you know, I go deep and then I'm just like, eh, now I now try I've something explored else. it all. Well, and, and that's where I was on. thinking because I'm like, where did we play Savage Worlds? Because when D and D Fourth Edition was Sunset, we mm -hmm. were we didn't have D and D because we played Fourth Edition and we didn't have D and D. So that's when we went to Pathfinder. You say then, we? I think you mean the Royal We because neither me or Fletcher were in that game. The Royal Week, but you were tangential <laughs> to the fourth edition game. I ate um, lunch with you guys, yes. <laughs> yes. You served snacks. Um because you, you said served you, snacks. You, she did. She literally would 
like be yeah, in the kitchen. Like, I'd be making myself a snack and be like, man, I would look like a big jerk if I just made myself <laughs> food and walked away. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they were Apparently, in my house. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why you started playing with us. It's like, wait, I don't have to serve snacks if I actually play the game. Um, um, that is not accurate. But, yes. but yeah, <laughs> it just, you know, you guys made it look like fun. Uh, Weird, right? I know. Accidentally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we switched over to Pathfinder during the fourth edition to fifth edition transition. Then we switched to fifth edition. And then for some reason, and I don't remember why, I said, hey, we should try this Savage Worlds thing. Because you and found the book it a convention and you bought it that might have been it and that's it that's all the that's all the <laughs> that's all it took that's all it inspiration took inspiration yeah. you need chris is, is you were at a convention yeah. and you bought a thing it's true it's true um actually what it might have been i think it might have been kickstarter too so around that time <laughs> should have known they were kicks they were kickstarting the riffs uh setting and riffs for those who grew up in the 80s early 90s is a setting that Palladium, which was another generic role-playing system slash company, um, created. It had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as the one that I played with it, but it was a generic system, and Rifts was one of those um, settings that it would played under. So, and I always remember liking that setting, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But um, so that was being kickstarted. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. And then I went out, bought the book, then bought all you guys the book. Um, then we played a '50s pulpy sci-fi campaign for a while yes set in the slipstream set in the slipstream setting yep um which was quite fun i think that's really fun yeah it was the tagline to this game is fast furious and fun and i think that they accomplished that in a, a, a game that's it's crunchy enough to satisfy the crunchy in people but it's flexible and fast enough that you can just like focus on story as well and it's it just kind of like has this weird hybrid of both um sides i don't and know it's tr- that it's all that crunchy it's crunchy it, enough yeah but it's not that crunchy it's a this little is where crunchy. i started um much more being into like i'm gonna write my characters nine page backstories instead of like i'm gonna deep dive into like what feats I can take because uh, it's interesting because like, so I mean, maybe we should talk about character creation before I start diving into this kind of thing, but like the characters are somehow like infinitely customizable, but there's like not that many choices (laughs) in some ways. (laughs) I don't know. Like it's hard to describe. It is. Well, it also depends a lot on the setting, but Mm -hmm. this is why um so i skipped the savage pathfinder setting um i don't i think i actively decided to skip it because i saw savage worlds and i saw pathfinder and i'm like well we haven't played savage worlds in a while 5e is like going strong so i wasn't really thinking about it and then it says saw pathfinder i'm like well it's pathfinder so i'm just gonna skip this whole thing um i a little bit regret doing that because for well i was gonna say for whatever reason but it's actually this kickstarter um Savage Worlds turned 20 this year. They're doing a Kickstarter right now to reprint the current rule set. And I saw that and I'm like, oh, this looks cool. I think I'm going to get back into this. So then I picked up a few books. Um, But we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Savage Worlds Deluxe is what we played. And I think this was about five years ago. And that core rule book that I got everybody and didn't wrap these ones because they were paperback um, cost $10. And 
that was like a super selling point to the system. For $10, you had a complete role-playing system. Now, it didn't have any settings. Um, you'd still have to make your own setting if you wanted to do it, but you could easily make your own setting. Um, or if you wanted to run something modern investigation, modern zombie, modern supernatural, all of that was like, you know, that's basically kind of the core setting. Um, just you'd make up all your own story of what's going on. But with the base book, you could easily do that. So the fact that it was so cheap seemed like, okay, this is easy to like try it out. And we did. Um, and then I picked up some settings books. And that's when we were playing Slipstream. So that was from that setting. And I think that maybe that is what made it feel less flexible is once you're in a setting, you're like, okay, so I'm going to make these characters. But now I have this concept and I'm, I'm getting extra, like you don't level up per se. Uh, you get experience. Well, in that system, you, you got experience. Well, sort of. You you got ex- you get it's all point buys. So you get fun. points to buy more stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Which so is not level two. You just have stuff to get better. Yeah. You have yeah. Points to get more stuff. And that's really what D and D does, right? It just puts you on yeah. rails. It you just level makes up it at certain points, like yeah, right. You level up and you get to pick one of these new things that you get to do. Sometimes you get another extra thing or something enhances. Um, but so this this system essentially works the same way, except for when you get something new, you have a bevy of things that you can pick from. So there's not really like this one thing, except for Savage Pathfinder, which does introduce a pseudo class system that you can follow, but you don't have to. You can do whatever you want. It's just if you want to use the Pathfinder, i.e. D&D classes, then you can you know, pick these different um, edges and they're going to be, um, you know, kind of push you into the class that you're trying to do. And there's some like special class edges that if you commit to being a barbarian, then you have certain edges available to you that you don't have available to you if you didn't commit to being a barbarian. Um, now, the one thing I mentioned that Savage Worlds has settings books and that's really kind of like brings the system together. The one thing that was cool about Savage Pathfinder is it's the only book that I know of that actually builds the core rules into the setting itself. Mm-hmm. So the Savage Worlds Players Book or Core Rulebook, I think it's called Savage Savage Pathfinder Core Rulebook, is a standalone game that you can buy and play, and is everything you need to play. You know your game in the Pathfinder world, um, which is why I sent that to both of you because if you want to get into the system, I think having the core rules built into the setting is probably the easiest way. And especially if you're coming from a fantasy role-playing game and you want to try out the system, it is just like seamless. You know, okay, we're going to try this other system. And once we're familiar with the system, now we can go to, you know, any genre, Um, you know, from superheroes, fantasy, hard sci-fi, you know, pulp sci-fi, zombies, you know, anything you can play with that same system once you understand how it works and how the characters are created. Uh, plus, there's a Foundry, official Foundry plugin, which is the tabletop, virtual tabletop we were using for D&D. So if you're using that, you can just, I already know how to use all of this. So I can just drop this in and it's going to run all the combat. Well, it's going to take care of all the numbers and stuff for me. So um, all of it just seemed like the right thing to do. So then I texted... I texted both of you, I think. I said, hey, I'm thinking of running a Savage Pathfinder campaign. And Kitty said... I'm in, I think. There you go. (laughs) And that's all it took. Um, 
<laughs> actually, I'm looking at our history, and the first thing I see is I'm out. But that was for um, asking a few weeks ago <laughs> if you were going to record with us or not. <laughs> That's how Kitty responds. I'm in. I'm out. That's yeah. it. Those are her responses. I do the hokey pokey. Yep. <laughs> and then Fletcher just gives me a double exclamation point, um, which is his way of responding to everything. Is different reaction emoji. It's through tap backs. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is all good. So anyway, yes. So I picked it up and now we're doing an episode on this. Um, Kitty, what do you remember about our Savage Worlds campaign? Like the system itself? Hmm. Sydney played a bird Not person. Not anything. <laughs> Sydney played a bird person. Um, from Rick and Morty? <laughs> pretty much. Um, and it, I think she was like our ship's engineer and she built herself like a nest in the engine room, basically. Um, I remember nothing about Spencer's character. Um, I don't either. <laughs> I think he was playing the... Now I, I've, I have a vague memory of him playing like a Zap Brannigan-esque captain where he... Like, oh. like a very pulpy kind of old school captain kirk you know like very swaggery um (laughs) i think i was the pilot and it was one of those things where i had like all of these skills to like give me all of these like benefits to my fly checks and every time i would fail them and then like somebody else would (laughs) sit down and roll a d4 unskilled and like have their dice explode and it was just like huh um, why am I even the pilot? <laughs> why why am I here? So you gave me I um this was in my every character I played was an orphan role playing <laughs> phase. So you had us rescue someone from a jail that turned out to be my mother and it unlocked my psychic abilities, which is kind of fun. Um This is all coming back to me now. I didn't remember half of this stuff. It was a you fun know, campaign. These are the things that I remember instead of what time I'm supposed to pick up my kid from gymnastics camp. <laughs> um, Benny's. What did you think of the Benny system? So the Benny system as written, I think the um, GM is supposed to fully control those, but um, you were bad at remembering that and you know that about yourself. So you basically gave us each three Bennies, like you're supposed to get at the beginning of the game. And then you gave us each a Benny to give to another player um and that was kind of fun except the one time (laughs) sydney did something insane and we all just like threw bennies at her (laughs) and she just had all of them (laughs) for the rest of the game which was only like two more sessions because then you guys moved i think and that was the end of that game (laughs) yeah so bennies this is kind of uh there's a couple things in savage worlds So there's a lot of games that have like point by systems, Um, create your own character by, you know, spend points to do whatever you want to do. There's two things in Savage Worlds that are interesting to get used to when you three things. Yes. I'm going to say Benny's card initiative. And what's the third one? Uh, The wild card die. Uh, Yes. So. Yes, I did my homework. So Benny's is one of them. Benny's is a meta currency, uh, and as Kitty mentioned, everyone gets three Benny's at the start of a session. And it's the start of a session. It's not necessarily Ah. the start of a game day or anything like that. It's just you know, however long your session is, you get three of them. So there's there's some wiggle room in what whatever the GM wants to do with those, but. You can spend them for a bunch of different things. Um, I think the most common one is you spend them to re-roll something mm-hmm. that you 
you know, I really want to succeed, so I'm going to spend this to re-roll. Or there's a couple, the combat, um, you can, the combat's pretty streamlined. So if you're a wild card, as in a player character or a notable non-player character, you get the equivalent of three hit points. If you're not, you get the equivalent of a single hit point. And when you take damage, you can spend a Benny to try to, like, soak that damage. And Mm -hmm. so you make a a roll to try to, you know, offset that damage. So that's a way of even though you only have three hit points, you can kind of reduce that damage. Now, it takes a little bit to actually take. It's not like D&D where you're rolling damage and you roll a, a D6 and you do three points of damage. It's not how that works. You have to roll multiples of four and it's it's hard to yeah. do three points of damage um the um, only thing you can't do is re-roll a critical failure basically right yeah you crit fail you and, crit fail <laughs> yep now and and to kitty's other point if you're a wild card you have so you'll roll uh so your skills are ranked in dice so if you mm-hmm. have like a d6 for shooting that's what you're going to roll. You're going to roll a d6, and you want to get a 4 or better. Um, there are modifiers, so for range and things like that, but ultimately your target is a 4, plus or minus any modifiers. And But as a wild card, you always get to roll an additional d6. So even if your skill is a d10, you always roll an additional d6. That's your wild die. And it can also succeed. So you can succeed on either die, and that's... It's, it's almost like you're always rolling with advantage. Yeah. So you always take the higher hmm. of your two dice. And if one of them explodes, then, um, you know, that will make that one better. So even if you have a D10 and you roll an eight, if you roll a six on your D6, you get to roll it again. You roll higher than a two. That one's still going to be higher, even though it's, you know, the less good die, theoretically. Yep. Um, so that's your, your wild die, which is... Just kind of a cool thing. You always have kind of a backup there. Now, the um, extras. So you have wild cards and extras. Now, if it sounds pokery so far, it gets more pokery. <laughs> Trust me. Um, so extras are the one hit point minions. Now, it doesn't mean they go down. They're not like D&D minions where it's one hit point. Any hit will get rid of them because they still have a toughness. You got to exceed. They still, you still have to do that wound to them. Um, so they can be and it's pretty harder sturdy. To deal it's just, wounds. yeah, it's much harder to deal wounds than in D&D. Um, but they can be sturdy. But once you've gotten through their defense, all right, you knock them off. Cool. Let's, you know, move on to the next extra or your main, your main baddie. Now, Benny's, as we talked about, you can re-roll, you can prevent damage, you can redraw your initiative card. Talk about initiative cards in a second. Um, and there's a couple other things. You can also use Benny's to like influence the story. Like, hey, is there a barrel full of gasoline nearby? No. Will there be if I spend a Benny to do it? Absolutely. Um, so those are ways that you can spend Benny's to like, you know, hey DM, I will give this up to have this other thing exist. And the DM should usually say yes because the idea is that you having fast, furious, and fun. Like, that's the tagline, right? So if you have a cool idea, sure. And most of the settings that, you know, I'm familiar with, you know, aside from, and, you know, and even Pathfinder a little bit, too, they're very um, pulpy. They're very, like, you know, swashbuckly. They're (laughs) supposed to be really, like, silly and, like, the main characters just, like, can do things that normal people shouldn't do and they pull it off and it's fun like that's the point of this game 
from my recollection. And like, you yeah. know, uh, the slipstream setting is very like, you know, then that 1950s, like retro futurism outer space where there's like laser guns and fun stuff like that. And it was very much like, you know, if a player asks if there is a chandelier that I can use as a trapeze, the answer should always be yes. Yeah. <laughs> or there would be if you have a spent a Benny for it. So the Benny economy is super important. And But Both- it's fun because they also like play into each other because I feel like yep. you ask the GM like, hey, is there this thing here that I can do something cool with? And then if you pull off your cool move, that can earn you back a Benny. So like, you know, if you you don't want to like limit your spending of them because the when you spend them, you can like get them back by engaging with the like fun campiness of the story and like playing your character the way they should, you know, be out there in trying these wild things. Yeah. And, At and least don't in get me wrong. Some settings. There are a, like, you know, yeah. a gritty detective setting, maybe this does not make sense, but like, you know. But um, you can use the same the same concept though, right? So absolutely. it doesn't have to be yeah, it doesn't have to be campy, but the concept still applies. Like when you're playing Pathfinder if you want to play pulpy Pathfinder, and pulp is really just your, you know, bigger than life, essentially. Yes. Um, or you can play a gritty Pathfinder, where you know it is a lot more, you know, deadly and such. But you still have those bennies. You may not be able to say, okay, I want to spend a benny, so there's a stack of gasoline nearby. Um, but you could certainly spend a benny to, you know, be overlooked by the villain that just heard you or something like that, right? Um, it just really depends on on the setting itself. Mm-hmm. And then bennies are typically represented by poker chips. Mm-hmm. Um, so throwing in there, an initiative is represented by a deck of playing cards. Mm-hmm. That includes the jokers. Yeah. So at the start of any round of combat, you act, the, the GM is actually dealing out cards to everybody. And then those cards from ace to two are how you decide who has initiative. And then if there's a tie, um, there's an order of suits, which apparently is the official order of suits. So if, if two people have four of a kinds and, and a five off suit, um, you have the, the suits themselves dictate. So something, I'm going to mess this up. I believe it's spades, hearts, diamonds, clubs, or something like that. Um I always have to reference it. But anyway, so that's how you determine initiative. And if you draw a joker, then everybody gets a Benny at the table. And then the whole deck is shuffled at the end of that round. And it seems super, super silly. Like, wait a minute, we're using player cards for initiative? That can't possibly, like, it just sounds odd. But it's no stranger than just rolling a D20 and seeing where things lie. Plus, every round, it can be a little bit different. Um which is kind of neat. And you can, there's different edges that allow you to manipulate the cards and, and things like this. Some edges that are typically considered very bad that, you know, you can do some really cool thing if you draw a joker for initiative, but it happens so rarely that you would never waste a point on that type of edge. Um, and all of this comes from the fact that this game's original setting was Deadlands, which is a Western setting with zombies. And that was the core game and then it was turned into a generic system and so the poker chips and cards came over with that setting and just kind of like permeate through all of the settings now and it's a lot more fun than i thought it was when i first heard about it 
<laughs> so, Zombies. I mean, when you're playing okay. it, you don't really think about it after the first round. You're like, oh, okay, this just makes sense. This is fine. Yeah, I mean, like, how is it that different than rolling a die? You know, it's a classic game mechanic. Draw a card. Yep. Roll a die. And... Move your piece. The, the, that it, is what is a board game. <laughs> yep. And there are themed poker chips that you can buy. Almost every setting has like a themed set of poker chips that you can get for, you know, from um, the the uh, publisher is uh, Pinnacle Pinnacle Entertainment Game Company. Um, now I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm already looking at <laughs> drive through RPG because I was. Pinnacle <laughs> Entertainment Group. Um, but yeah, so if you go there, they have like poker chips for all the different settings that they have, all the official settings. And then it's just um, pinnacle entertainment. Yes. And decks of cards. Like you can get themed, they call it the action deck, but essentially you have all these like themed decks of cards that exist. So, you know, if you want to play a Star Wars game, you can get a Star Wars deck of cards. Or if you have a deck of cards and like a game of Clue or Monopoly, you're good. <laughs> yeah. I guess you have to have the yep. other dice too. But yeah. You need yep. a set of D4 through D12 dice. You don't even need a D20. No and D20s. then, yeah. And an extra six-sided die. Yeah, an extra six-sided die. It's literally, yeah, literally you can play the game with, yep, and a deck of cards. Um, and something pennies. to, <laughs> yep, something to play in for bennies, which could be pennies just for anything. bennies. Pennies for bennies. Pennies for bennies. <laughs> um, so, Fletcher, you said you did yeah. not do your homework. I didn't. How does did this not, system sound so far? It sounds interesting. Um, I think I have to play it to kind of like understand it, but It'll it take does you sound like interesting. It's five whole minutes. It's not that hard to okay. crack. <laughs> yep. Honestly, it kind of sounds a little bit more kind of like action RPG like. Like, I don't know. You, there's no levels, but like when you have enough points, you like you buy another skill. Or you level up a, an existing skill, kind yep. of. Yep. It's basically exactly that. Um, also, part of character creation is picking hindrances, which give you points that you can spend on your character. But they also give you disadvantages for your character. But that's good, because if you play into those disadvantages, that's ways of gaining bennies. So if you're like, you know, um, minor hindrance, I have a limp, right? So I my, walk, my run speed, or I can't run, maybe. Maybe I only have a walking speed. Right. Um, well, if you play that walking up, walking speed and a jogging speed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually remember that in our slipstream game, Sydney's hindrance was that she had claustrophobia, and there was one time where she was like, "No, I won't go in there." <laughs> and like, yeah. we left her behind, and she got a Benny for it. But like, you know, we just <laughs> we we're like, "Okay, see ya," <laughs> as we went into some small space. I think this might be where she earned the like whole ton of bennies because like we had to like crawl in a thing to like do a prison break and she was like cool i'm gonna lead the rest of the guards on a wild goose chase literally because she was a bird and she just like <laughs> basically did like a na 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 you gonna get me like and she rolled some crazy number so yeah they all chased her around the outside of the prison while we like snuck in the sewers or something and, and this is what these hindrances let you do, right? It gives mm-hmm. you kind of role-playing hooks into what your character is. Um, and it gives you extra points to be fair, to Sydney is an excellent role-player. <laughs> she likes the chaos she aspect She loves of the chaos like, aspect of things, for sure. Yeah. So it works, works really well. I 
I really did enjoy this system quite a bit. I don't know, like it was partly moving. And then then we switched back to D&D for the next campaign we did. Um, probably not intentionally. It's just like no, there was it, more stuff. It was a while. I think you had a kid was the thing. Like, so you guys moved. And then not that long after you moved, you had a kid. And then like took you a while to be like, I can have the mental energy to DM again. <laughs> yep. And that was our campaign yeah. that we did. So yeah, it was just more or less like, I didn't stop liking Savage Worlds. We just, when we started playing, we played D&D because I was playing it at work and, you know, it just... And I think you wanted to mess around with um, the Foundry and you didn't know that Savage Worlds was in there and you had D&D. I don't think it was at the time. It might not have been. Yeah, so Foundry Virtual Tabletop. um, Pinnacle actually has their own plugin for Foundry that they support. And it's a paid plugin, so I think it's like ten bucks. Um, and then it downloads all of the core rules and character creation, and all of that is like built into Foundry at that point. And then if you want different settings, also have where you can download the rules for that setting. So there's a Pathfinder um, pack that you can download, which gives you all of the um, basically all the rules for Pathfinder plus any of the monsters that were released in the Pathfinder campaign. And then they also so Pathfinder. One of the nice things about that system is they have fantastic adventure paths. Mm-hmm. Now, their adventure paths are on rails, um, but they're really, really yes. good. And so you can I know get... they've converted Rise of the Rune Lords. Have they done other adventure paths since? There's another one planned. Okay. Because um, I, I hate to tell the... you that if you were planning on running Rise of the Rune Lords, that has been like spoiled for me through at least book three. <laughs> That's right. I'm still going to run it because I <laughs> honestly I tend though not my to memory is the not great. Anyway. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love running Fair. the same things um, because really, it, as soon as you have players start playing, this everything goes differently, right? Um, Especially and the way you to, like, let us go, you let us get too far off rails because you think it's fun, and that's I think part of your DM burnout is like. At some point, we get so far off the rails that you have to start completely like homebrewing the rest of the story. Because like uh, the person who is supposed <laughs> to be the main villain of this, we have like convinced him that we're best friends, and now I have to come up with a new big bad guy because you guys accidentally rolled really well and befriended the the big bad evil guy. <laughs> so sort of. Um, not gonna say no. Yeah, because you never I say think... no to us. You should not say, say no never to us more. <laughs> so here's my thing with Pathfinder. Um, we played our very first campaign. I decided to do Wrath of the Righteous um, as an adventure path, and you don't really need to know anything about Pathfinder or adventure paths to know that Wrath of the Righteous is a power leveling campaign. If you have your D&D characters that are like, you know, tier two, tier one is like, okay, PN characters. Tier two is like good hero characters. Wrath of the Righteous has your characters at tier five. You mm-hmm. have like mega powers and you're <laughs> like, everything you do is insane and off the chart. We have and I thought it would be fun. gods. <laughs> yeah. I thought it'd be fun to like just do an extreme campaign. And to some extent it was, but Adventure Pass, as well written as they are and as cool as they are, they're so very long. So, so long. Really long. 
So the prep for these things is insane. Now, and the further you get, the worse it becomes. Exactly. Now, I've played through um, multiple versions of Rise of the Rune Lord, which is their very first adventure path. It's still very highly rated. Um, it's the one that came with the Pathfinder campaign. And so I understand the story quite a quite a bit just because I've played through like the um, Pathfinder card game started with uh, Rise of the Rune Lords as, it, as mm-hmm. its campaign. Um I don't think I would run the adventure path as written. I wouldn't go, we're going to run through all six books and, you know, do everything. I think I would essentially use the adventure path as source, um, use the NPCs, use some of the encounters, the villains and stuff. But I would let myself improv way more than I did. Because my biggest problem wasn't the improving for Wrath of the Righteous. It was not being able to improv. Because... I didn't know in book three, if I improved you befriending the, this bad guy, whether or not that was just going to destroy the whole rest of the campaign, because I hadn't mm. read all six books. Um, so here, I think I'm just going to give myself permission to be like, okay, I know where the story kind of goes. I'm just going to improv the story and use all the content there. So the fact that you have heard the first three books um, because you're addicted to actual plays... That's not going to matter because it won't. There'll be similarities, but it won't be the same story. It'll be different than that. Yeah. Because I also um, don't think I could do Giant Slayer or um, uh, what's the the runes one. I don't know. There's there's a bunch the of them. They're really good. Like I said. Something. I don't know. There's a lot of adventure paths. But. Yeah. And if you read them as a book, like just read the story, that's great. But they are paths. And by paths, I mean they're roads that you have to travel down, and you have to hit all the towns and and you know uh, talk to sign the posts along the way. It's like um like a Final Fantasy game or Zelda, you know, like it's it's an RPG where you have to like hit the milestones, and it gets frustrating sometimes when like this is when I give up on the game because like I didn't realize that to leave the town I have to find the chicken before I talk to the guy. <sighs> And if I don't do those things in that order, then I'm not allowed to go through the gates. And that's just like, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> now, so that that's Pathfinder. But the interesting thing about Savage Worlds and every other scenario is they have two types of um, adventures that I find much, much better than the Pathfinder adventure, like the Pathfinder adventure paths or whatever those are. Um one is a plot point campaign, which essentially is, here's the story of what's going on. Here are the plot points in the story. Ready, go. So it doesn't put you on rails. It just says, here are the things that are happening. Here's the thing that will happen. Ready, go. And I find those awesome because they're so easy to run because there's not a ton to read. And, you know, it'll give you like, here's some encounters you can have. And, you know, here's different things that are going on. But you just kind of use the things that the players guide themselves to. It's much more sandboxy, but it it still has those goals because it's still these these plot points are going to happen. And then there's also one pagers where literally it's a single A5 if you're in Europe or whatever we call it in the U.S., a piece of paper. Um, Printer paper. (laughs) Plain white paper. by 11. Yeah, eight and a half by eleven. Um, where it's just like, here's letter size. Thanks, John. <laughs> here's the um, John scenario. Real words. <laughs> <laughs> Don't help. <laughs> and that's that's it. You read one page, and then you can run uh, an evening based on that one page. 
and it is it works phenomenally. And the fact that no one else has ever like you know, there's you see these every once in a while, but Pinnacle leans into this, and that's how most of their adventures are written. But the plot point or the the Savage Worlds adventure paths, those or the Pathfinder adventure paths, those ones are a little bit more true to the original. So they're more pathy than plot pointy. Um, but I still think it looks cool. I've read over the character creation for Savage Pathfinder. Um, the rules, the combat rules and stuff like that are just basically Pathfinder. Um, so yeah, I'm we're going to run it. We're going to make it happen at some point. Um, and you're all going to play. Well, you two are going to play. And then probably Spencer and Sydney as well. Um, one thing I do want to mention, there are multiple versions of this game. And it is very tricky to understand what version you should be playing. Right now, the current rule set which is in its fifth printings, and it's I think it's existed for almost five years. It, it was published shortly after we stopped playing. Um, is called the Savage World Adventure Edition. It's abbreviated Swade, S-W-A-D-E. Savage World's Deluxe is the version we play. That's the $10 version. You can get a you can get a paperback version of that for $10 and you're good to go. The, the adventure edition is a full RPG rule book. It's a $50 rule book. Um, it's no longer like a super cheap and I don't, they don't have a digest version of this. The digest version just being like the smaller, um, cheaper form factor. Um, but there's enough changes between the two where you want to use the current system. If you have the old system, it still works though. It's just the new system is a little bit more balanced, a little bit more streamlined. Um, so that's those are the difference if you're looking for Savage Worlds. Um, the Deluxe Edition is a completely playable game. The Adventure Edition is the current version of the game. Uh, you can also check out their Kickstarter if you want to see what's there. Mostly, it's everything they have in the Kickstarter is currently available. It's just the most recent printing. And they have some special 20th anniversary covers and stuff that you can get. I um, am seeing the Savage Worlds Adventure Edition on DriveThruRPG for $7.49 for the PDF. Probably yeah, the PDF I think is super cheap. Yeah, um, the hardcover real book is. The so one. if you don't care about having something to put on your shelf, eight dollars. Yep. Yeah, and it's don't, it's don't totally spend, worth it. <laughs> don't spend forty two dollars on paper. Save a tree. No. Save a tree. <laughs> um, now I did order the physical copies for us because you're insane. I kind of yes. like flipping through. Um, now I mean the Pathfinder honestly, one is not. Well, at least what I'm seeing is not as expensive as... <laughs> I accept the physical challenge. <laughs> it's just, I like the... You just like murdering um, trees. It's I fine. do, I do. Uh, trees, they've offended me. <laughs> and they need to die and become role-playing books. That's just how that works. Do you regret uh, having them up me a little back bit. yet? <laughs> nah, not that I will admit on air. Um, <laughs> but no, there were dozens of other pdfs that i um also got with this like there's just a bunch of there's a lot of content for this game and um none of it's necessary like you can do all the work yourself but i'm like oh i can get this and this and this so i got those in pdf i don't need those all in physical i got some of them physical a couple i only get my rpg stuff on pdf because then i can just have the ipad yep well and that's why um yeah and i agree like in general, especially if we're playing virtually, PDF is the way to go. Uh, but if you to get a kind of a good feel 
for how the gate book is laid out and stuff, having a physical copy is kind of nice to be able to flip back and forth. So, and it makes it real. And I don't think Fletcher owns a D&D player's handbook, but now he owns a Savage Pathfinder player's handbook. So. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't own a D&D player's handbook. So you are officially more committed to Savage Worlds than you are D&D starting now. If I he suppose, goes and opens that Amazon box. <laughs> yeah, if he goes yeah. in the box. What He's Amazon just going to leave it in the vestibule like, haha. One of my neighbors is more into Savage Worlds. Take that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. I am prepping to start running this probably a little bit after Gen Con, which is a little bit after episode three fifty. Um, if it works out, and I'm making no promises whatsoever, um, but if it works out, we may end up playing on monday nights and if that's the case we'll play on discord and if that's the case we may set up a stage so people can listen into our play session if people would like to do that um this is i did not talk to kitty or fletcher before saying this or anyone else in the group so these are things that i will propose and try to convince but making no promises but i think it'd be kind of fun twitch um yeah Mm. we're not that entertaining if you guys get good maybe if but we get good. If you get good. I mean, you I'm just full good. of a lot of tree murder jokes, so. Yeah, that's enough. Truly, but honestly also, enough. if anyone's interested in buying any of these things on DriveThruRPG, apparently it's Christmas in July, and there's 25% off on thousands of titles right now. What the? If you're listening to Hold this on. in real time. You have 13 now days, I'm... 11 hours, and oh. three minutes until the sale ends. Chris's wallet is tingling. <laughs> I don't know. I have a... Um have bought a few PDFs and books directly from Pinnacle um, because if you buy the physical copy from Pinnacle, they send you the PDF. Well, you get the PDF for free. So there's a few things that I got there. Oh, one thing, if you're super interested, if any of this sounds interesting to you, there are settings books, which I mentioned. There's also companion, um, companions, companions, compa- com- companions, compendiums. I don't know. I think there's companions. Those are both um, words, what are you but I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so there's a fantasy companion. There's companions there's a, and compendiums. Yeah, and they and honestly, I think it's companions is what they're calling, but I would call them p- compendiums. Um, but they are definitely companions, as they what say here. What do but they do? What they do is expand the rules for a particular type of play, a typical genre. It doesn't give you a setting, but it gives you rules for that genre that build on top of what's in the core book. Now you could come up with these yourself based on what's in the core book, but this just kind of like does the work for you. So there's fantasy and superheroes or superpowers, I think, that I'm seeing exist today. The Deadlands, the Weird West Companion, which adds arcane backgrounds like witches, metal mages, or voodooists. Right. And, and also that's like brings basic- famous gunslingers like Wyatt Earp or Wild Bill Six Shooter <laughs> to the table. Yeah. So if you wanted to do like so a Western... Do you describe it as a companion? Yes. Okay. That one... That, that, makes, that, sounds that like makes better s- sense than compendium. Yeah, that sounds um, almost like a setting too, but it could be like this is like the Western companion. Um, well, you need the Deadlands book and the Savage World. It's like companion. It only has the extra stuff in it. For that setting. For yeah. that setting. So the... Yeah, it so is fantasy superpowers... Deadlands. Sci-fi... And horror. I think sci-fi and horror are not out yet for the newest edition, but are 
should be out soon, but fantasy and superpowers are. So if you wanted to run a superhero campaign, getting the superhero companion allows you, gives you just a whole bunch of stuff for superheroes. It still doesn't give you a setting, but it gives you all the mechanics and rules for creating a superhero. Same it thing for the like fantasy one. It looks like there's a science fiction as well. Yeah. I see fantasy, I see superpowers, and I see science fiction. Yep. Just be careful if you're buying things off of drive through mm. If you're buying the deluxe version, that's the older version. Still very valid. Um, if you want the newest version, it's the Adventurer Edition and or Suede. Um, so it'd be SWD for Savage World Deluxe or SWADE for Savage World's Adventure Edition. Um, Suede is the newest version. Um, yeah, because it looks like sci-fi the... is actually for Deluxe, not for... Yeah. So sci-fi for sw- mm. for Suede's coming out soon. And there's a horror companion for Deluxe, but that'll be coming out for Suede soon as as well. Um, but there's a ton of content here. Just um, make sure you don't mix and match, basically. Yeah. Stick you with wanna, one or yeah. the other. Just, just if you're getting in new, just go suede. Um, if you want fire sale prices, you can do the uh, non. But yeah, like science. I mean, the PDFs are the same deluxe. price. So. Yep. And if you get them from Pinnacle directly, you can actually. Um, they'll you'll always have the latest copy there. So I got all of the Rifts PDFs and when they updated to the second edition or to Suede, which is not the second edition, it's actually probably third, fourth, fifth, whatever. Um, when they updated to Suede, all my PDFs were also updated to the newest version once they had gone through and updated that system. And if you buy the physical books now for Rifts, you'll get, it'll all be in Suede. But um, so that that's kind of nice too. Drive-through, they might do it there as well. Um, I'm, they might put the newest version out there. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, Savage Worlds Adventure Edition I'm looking right now. $7.50 if you want it. And then you know, there's free character sheets that are like fill-in. And there's tons of tools online. This game's been around for 20 years. Um, it's still going strong. They still create a setting at least every year. There's a new setting out. Uh, the licensing for it is interesting. I won't go too much into detail on it. But um Anybody can become a licensee for the system, and then you can just use it in your own games. Uh, there's multiple tiers of licensing. So if, you, if you're if you not f- going to sell it for anything, you can just use their system willy-nilly. If you want to sell it, mm-hmm. then you have to email them, say, hey, here's a sample of what I'm trying to do, and they'll come back. And if they approve you, then you never have to go back and get approval again. You can just you know use the system um there's also if you put your material on drive through they take a cut but if you don't put it on drive through if you sell it through any other medium um they don't take any, a cut even though you have an official fan license so um it's it the licensing model is kind of friendly and so you you just need approval if you're selling it basically exactly yep you and if you're not selling you're doing it, then it they don't care yep um Interesting. and yeah i've hung out with the with the owners of the company, the designer of the system. Um, I went to a convention in Texas when I, cause that's what I do. Like, Oh, Savage worlds. I'm going in deep. I'm getting all this stuff. I'm flying to Texas to hang out with the creators for three <laughs> days where every night we were drinking and playing games in the hotel after the convention. Um, so yeah, they're, they're really cool people. Um, <laughs> Christopher's calling me a suck up and you are right. But yeah, haven't you met him? 
Um, but it's like I said, it's, it's a good time. And yeah, this might be what we end up doing on our Monday nights after episode 350. Um, again, no promises, but maybe. Kitty, maybe. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take the maybe. I'm sorry. I got distracted scrolling through books. Are you are you buying books? No. No. You buy books. Buying. I just I just receive books. <laughs> this is true. Very, very I true. I might buy books, but I don't know right now. Not today. It's I've got thirteen yeah, days like some, to decide. You have thir- that's true. Ooh, Ten hours and fifty five yeah. minutes. You uh, these are really good deals. How you have me looking? <laughs> I mean, it's twenty five percent off. It's not that big a deal, but it's yeah. But it's like you know they're already fairly cheap. They're PDFs. already cheap, yeah. Like yeah, so you can get an entire like the slipstream setting seven dollars and fifty cents. Here you yeah. go. Um, Deadlands Reloaded, which is like the main core setting of the of the system for eleven bucks. Like this is good stuff. All right, I'm gonna stop looking at this. Um. Anything else to talk about with Savage Worlds? Did did I did, did I convince you guys? I know you're not hard to convince. I'm convinced. I'm gonna. I'm, as soon as we're done, I'm gonna run down to see if that book is uh, downstairs in the vestibule. If it's still down there, <laughs> to see if it is. I'm sure it's down there. Um, I just didn't see it. Chris has a picture. Well, you of probably. It. I did. I do have a picture of it. It's a little blurry, but it looks like it's inside. So there's there's that. Okay. But all right, let's close this one. Tabletop Game Tag is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. We have a Discord. Join us there to continue the conversation and be part of our live recordings. It's also where you'll find an endless stream of games you can play with us and other listeners on BGA. Links and show notes are links are in the show notes, or you can go to tabletopgametalk.com to find out more. It's the first time I've ever read that, so yeah. <laughs> You're just a little rusty, that's all. You gotta shake it off. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Emil Jiljam, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Timothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Leanne Verhulst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yossi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, Old Sci-Fi, a.k.a. Tim, D- David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C., Darren McClellan, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Chase Rodney, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Whitman, and Michael27. And thanks to anyone who's ever been a patron. You're the reason we've been doing this for so long. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So are you guys going to play the same types of characters that you did in D and D or are you gonna go like crazy different? I think I'm gonna be I a barbarian. Like classes. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I have to look, but uh is there like a wizard necromancer kind of It is a thing? generic system. You can literally do anything you want. I am the sad idea- that they didn't like straight port the gunslinger yet, but um I might have to look into you can- that. Yeah, you can bring it in. That's the nice thing about the system is, and Pathfinder has like, here's how you can play these different classes that are iconic to Pathfinder. But if you have a character concept, you can build that character. So if you want to build a gunslinger, 
there's no problem doing that. You want to build a mm-hmm. necromancer? No problem doing that. Um, everything is possible. Um, the only ex- the only limit is what I put on you. So if I say no, that doesn't fit in the setting or doesn't fit in my version of the world, then that would be like where you can't go. But at the same time, I like, hey, if this is the world we want to play in and you want to have a necromancer that's running around, sure, we can make that work. Like anything is possible. All right. Go get your book and we'll talk later.